Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Y'all grab your Bibles. Can you, um, anybody want to take a guess on where we might wind up today in Scripture? Matthew chapter 18. Thank you very much. Grab your Bibles, turn with me to chapter 18 of the Gospel of Matthew and give me a chance to set some things up. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. I'll be with you in a moment. I'd say go get a beverage, but we're almost out of beverages. I just moved the pulpit. Is everybody okay? We'll get a structural engineer to check the walls and make sure they're not going to fall. Everything's all right. Okay. Matthew 18. We'll start in verse number one today. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, What's, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to, to him, and he put a child among them. And then Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Listen, you don't usually want to hear what's coming next when Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Well, my daddy said, let me tell you something. Usually with something earth-shattering. Jesus said, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, forget who the greatest is, you won't even get into the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that today you would say what you want to say. And Lord, that you would help us to understand um, your word in a way that is not just life applicable, but life changing. Because we want to be used by you for your honor, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, some things are different today. It's not just that I don't have the pulpit in front of me, uh, that we kind of we set things up differently. I did this um, on purpose to give you a visual of what's going on in the spirit world, okay? Um, so I see some faces that I haven't seen before, haven't seen very often. Um, everybody, every pastor, no matter who he or she is, has kind of a thing. They have their process. They, they go through things. They go about things in ways that uh, it just, that's their deal, man. That's just how they communicate. That's how they prepare. That's how... That's how they preach or speak or whatever it is. And I think we all have our own thing, and they're all different, and there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things, but we all sort of get comfortable with them. So um, here's what happened to me this week. I, uh, sp I've spent oh, double digits of hours preparing for the service today. Uh, early in the week, sat down and had several hours all at one time, and... Um, and finished what I thought was, was going to be the message. And I got done with it, and I looked back on it and said, eh, I don't know, this is a little messy. This just doesn't, 
this is a little messy. This is, I feel like it's a little all over the place. I feel like, I'm, man, I'm pulling scriptures from everywhere, and I'm just, I'm just not sure that anybody's going to be able to follow that. Um, so we just, I went on through the week, and I felt like the Lord gave me something clearer, something where the outline made sense. Y'all know a typical John Butler message, right? We got three points. And there's some sort of commonality in there, and it kind of makes sense, and there's some logic to it, and it's sort of linear, and, and it, gets you, it gets you to the conclusion. And so, um, and, and, and so I thought that was going to be it. Because listen, y'all, this, this series has been like drinking from a fire hydrant. Everywhere I look in Scripture, I'm seeing the thread of humility woven through the fabric of everything Jesus did and said and, and who he actually is. So we're in week seven of this, this series on humility. It's called uh, Humility, the Key to Childlike Faith. And it comes from that scripture that we just read now for the seventh time. And, and so I've got all these things that I, I just, I see, the, I hear the Lord speaking and I see in his word that, I, that I'm trying to communicate as, as clearly and kind of as quickly as I can because I, I don't want to test your patience. Like I don't want February to roll around and we're still, <laughs> we're still in this series. Um, so, so I'm trying to figure out what to do. And so I get to the end of that preparation of my second message for the week. And, and the outline was great. I was really excited about sitting down and filling it out, filling out the, the bones of it. And by the time I got to like the third point, I'm like, this is not working either. <sighs> the way the Lord usually speaks to me that I know I'm doing what the, what I'm supposed to be doing is peace. It's peace. Um, and so when I get on, in, a, in a vein of a message, I, I usually feel like that's the way I'm supposed to go because I can sense his peace in that direction. Like, John, you're going the right direction. So, I get to, so now I've finished two messages, neither of which I have peace about. And it's Saturday morning. And the dogs are about to start. Right? So I'm not talking about start barking. I'm talking about the DAWG dogs are about to start and so I'm just bewildered, and I'm going back to God. You're like, did you pray? Yes, I've been praying all week. Thank you very much. So I'm just trying to follow the Lord, and I'm just, just running through a brick wall. So I, so I take a walk. Me in my, my pajama pants and my Crocs and my, my hoodie are walking around the driveway trying to find the Lord. Um, and so I'm just trying to find His peace, trying to figure out what to do. And so I, I'm having this conversation, and, and I'm like, well, you know, God, this, this, this one seems easier to understand. I want, I want your people to hear what you're trying to say, and this seems easier to understand, but I feel like I'm running to a wall. This one's kind of a hot mess, and I don't know if anybody will understand what I'm saying through it, what, what you're trying to say through it either. I don't know what to do. And, and, and I felt like the Lord say, do, do you trust me enough? Will you let me use the messy one, if I want to. Will you let me use the messy one? I said, well, I mean, I guess. It's your, it's your words, your, your pulpit, your church, these are your people. So if you want to use the messy one, I'll preach the messy one. And then, uh, I, I, so I thought I was going to settle on that, go in, finish that up, and I was going to be good to go. No. And then I heard him say, yeah, it's really not either of those messages. <laughs> like, for real? And he said, listen, most of the time I give you the message um, 
tomorrow you are the message. I want you to go and tell what's happened. And in doing and telling what happened, you'll be communicating the message. Here's the thing. Everybody has their own way of doing things, their own, their own preparation process. I think at the end of the day, everybody feels some sense of pride in the product of that process. Right? I'm going to do my thing the way I feel like the Lord led me to. And I'm going to feel good about this thing. And I'm going to go offer that thing that I feel good about to the Lord. And there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that. Unless the Lord is wanting to do what he wants to do through a different means. And so for me, what the Lord was trying to find out is, are you so committed to your process that you won't allow me to move in the messiness? Because I am so OCD, ADD, MOUS, I'm, I'm just all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of things, okay? And, and I, it needs to make sense. And Valerie would be like, are you, you about done? I, it doesn't make sense yet. So I just, that's, that's my thing. And the Lord can move through that and minister through that and, and everything's fine. But sometimes God wants to be God. And so he wants to know, John, the logical one, the 3.1. Are you willing to allow me to move in the messiness and let me get the glory? Are you willing to allow me to speak in a way that may not speak to you, but may speak to somebody else that I've brought into the hearing of that word? Is it, at the end of the day, is it about me or is it about God doing what God wants to do? And so, can God use the, the clean and the, and, and the logical and the sensible? And yes, He can and He has. And He will again. God will in the creek, don't rise. But can he also do messy and still get the glory? Sure he can. Because the, the, at the end of the day, I'm the one standing here. And if I don't know what I'm going to say, and what comes out just sounds like a bunch of bleh to me, I'm the one that feels like a fool. And, and the essence of what God was trying to communicate to me uh, this week is, are you willing to be a fool for me. And so I'm sitting before you today as the message. But I want to ask you what the Lord asked me. Are you willing to give him the messy parts? You see, the, the thing about this series is that everywhere I look, I see elements of pride. And it's not, it's not that I think any of us are arrogant or that we think we're better than somebody else it's not it's not that in your face what i'm seeing is that there are there are little threads of pride woven in places that we never suspected sometimes it's more than a thread sometimes it's a rope it's a chain there are things there are even ways a pastor prepares a message that's really more about pride than it is about humility okay so, so I wanted to bring that to your attention. Why? Because I believe that we are on the cusp of a new season at Covenant Life.
I think God is doing something that is going, wants to do something that is going to blow our minds if we'll cooperate with him in doing that. Okay? He never does it against our will. So if we push back hard enough, he'll go find somebody else. But I think there is an opportunity before us for God to do something in us and through us that is going to be life-changing for people. Okay? But there's something that's standing in our way. And obviously what's standing in our way is pride. Because when, when, when Jesus said, you operate in my kingdom through humility, you, you want to you know how this kingdom operates. It's not through pride and through politics and through power. You want to operate in my kingdom? It's through service. It's through humility. It's through obedience and submission. That's how my kingdom works. And so anything that, that smells of pride is an abomination in the nostrils of God. It's humility that gets his attention. It's humility that gets his anointing, that gets his blessing that, that he can use. So what happens if God wants to use the messy parts of our lives, the things that we're not proud of, the things that we've maybe spent most of our lives trying to hide? What is it if he wants to use those parts for his glory? Are we willing to humble ourselves enough to expose those things so that he can get the glory? Are we willing to look foolish If you're not willing to look foolish, what prevents you from that is pride, right? It's pride. And so I just want to ask you, because we're all servants of God, we've all been called. We all have a mission to accomplish, and that's to go and make disciples. We all, every day, we have a kingdom purpose in front of us, whether we see it or not, whether we're even looking for it or not. There's kingdom, there's kingdom work to do all around us question is, are we committed enough to the work of the kingdom that we're willing to let him use the messy stuff as well as the stuff that we might be naturally gifted at? Because we all have things, we all have ways that we're comfortable, right? We all have ways that we're kind of wired, ways that make sense to us and to some population of people uh, who are also wired like us. But, but are we more committed? Are we more committed to the, to the process? Are we more committed to the stuff that we like and the ways that we're comfortable doing it, or are we committed to the work of the kingdom? Because at the end of the day, we all have to recognize that the fact that he allows us in his kingdom is an honor. The, the, the fact that he could use anything that we have is an honor. And the honor belongs to him. You say, but yeah, I'm good at this. Yeah, you're good at that because he made you good at that. And when you take away his purpose in whatever that is, then it's no longer for the kingdom. So, even in what we offer to the Lord sometimes, there's pride. It has to meet our expectations. Not God's, mind you. Our expectations. I don't really approve of that. I don't think this is what I need to... And God says... This is what I want. Give me what I want, not what you want me to have. Give me what I'm going to use, not what you think I should use. Because it's pride. It's pride that, that limits what you're willing to give God. 
It's pride. You say, well, how, how does pride show up? Pride shows up in your comfort zone. Shows up in your comfort zone. Where you say, listen, I've given my life to the Lord, but I deserve to be able to do it the way I want to do it. Right? I deserve to be able to operate in the gift in the way that... No, you don't. You don't deserve your comfort zone. You don't deserve... Listen, do we really want to talk about what we deserve? What we deserved was hell. And he rescued us from that. Everything else is gravy. And if he wants it, who are we to tell him he can't have it? God, that makes me uncomfortable. You think the cross was comfortable? It's pride who makes us think we deserve to do it in the way that he, that we want it done and not the way he asks for it. How else does pride show up in, in what God wants to use? Well, what about in our, in our budget? God says, I want you to give. And you're like, God, listen, that's not really in the budget. I don't really have the money. He's like, excuse me? Whose money is it? He's like, yeah, well, I give 10%. God's is 10%. No, God's is 100%. It's all his. We're just stewarding his gifts. But it's pride that makes us think that any of it belongs to us. What about your, your, what about your time? Oh, God, I, I, I hear you, but I don't have time to do that. God said, well, I gave you 24 hours. Like, what'd you do with it? It's not that we don't have time. It's that we didn't make time. Because everybody's got the time to do everything that they want to do. It's just we have to prioritize what it is that God wants over what we think we deserve. You're like, John, I liked it a lot better when you preached different. Yeah, I know, me too. You deserve what you're getting today, I'm just telling you. What other limits do we, do we put on God that come from pride? Success. God, I hear you call. I hear you. I'm, I, I will surrender to your call, but I want to be good at it. I want to be successful at it. Not, yep, God, I hear you. You want me to start this church. You want me to pastor this church. But, but I want to be a good church, a solid church, a growing church, a mega church, a popular church. A... Really? Is that, was that the call? Or did God just call you to be faithful? Did he call you to be famous or did he call you to be faithful? Did he call you to be well-respected or did he call you to be faithful to the text, faithful to the call, faithful to what God is saying to the people he's called you to lead? God, I'll do it, but I want to be, I want to be the best at it. Well, who's that about? Does God get more glory when you feel better about yourself? We've got lots of new pastors in Harrelson County. Um, a couple here right in the city of Bremen. So we got uh, Hunter, in, uh, Hunter Rowe is uh, the new pastor at First Baptist here in, uh, in Bremen. He is 28 years old. Fantastic man, wonderful family. I, I had lunch with him a few weeks ago. Um, excited to have him. Top-notch guy. Excited to have him in the body of Christ here in Harrelson County. Um, Matthew Young, Matthew and Charity, his wife started Bremen City Church just a few months ago. Doing, doing incredible things, wonderful, wonderful people. They came, they attended 
here for a, a, a few times while they were in that transition trying to find out what God was leading them to. Wonderful people, passionate about Jesus. I started in pastoral ministry the year before Hunter was born. He's 28. I've been in ministry 29. What if God wants to use what he's sown into me through 29 years of experience to shore up some things in Hunter's life so that he can go and be the voice to the city? What if God wants to use what he's placed in me to make First Baptist successful? Is that okay? <laughs> what, what if I'm supposed to mentor Matthew and, and so, because I'm getting old, y'all. I mean, these guys look at me and they're like, good Lord, <laughs> hope I don't look like that in 20 years. Um, and just keep pastoring, buddy. <laughs> you'll, see, you'll watch your hair go. Um, what if, what if, what if God, what God is calling me here for is to mentor the pastor at Bremen City Church so that they can go and turn the county on their ear? Is that okay? Well, that ain't what I signed up for. No, what you signed up for was following Jesus. And if that glorifies Jesus more than covenant life leading the charge, covenant life being the one out front, covenant life being the biggest, the greatest, the whatever, is it okay with us? Please don't answer this out loud because I don't think you had time to think about it. Is it okay with us if we're the church behind the church? And if it's not, tell me that's not pride. God, I'll do it. God, I'll be humble, but I won't be famous for it. Like, what? God, I'm going to go, give. I'm, we're going to go pass out blankets, but we're going to put it all over social media so everybody knows we did it. Who gets the glory for that? I mean, them blankets are still warm, so I mean, one way or the other, th those people benefit, but there's no spiritual value. How, are we, how would we then be better than the Pharisees who say, yeah, we're going to give, but I'm going to blow trumpets, get everybody's attention so they can see how awesome and humble I am. I think the point is, there are, there, there's pride woven into areas of our lives that we haven't even looked for it. And if we really want to be what God wants us to be, if this really is about His kingdom come and His will be done in earth, and we're made of earth, in earth as it is in heaven, then we're going to have to search and destroy pride in every area of our lives, even the subtle spots, maybe especially the subtle spots. Because that's the stuff that's keeping us bound. You're like, John, I, you know, I, I want to serve, but I haven't seen the opportunity that I'm really built for. Well, why don't you just do something? Why don't you just do what God puts in front of you? It may not make you comfortable. It may not make you fulfilled. It may not make you excited to get up every morning. But if it's kingdom work, is, is it okay if his kingdom kids do kingdom work? So 
Will you give him the messy parts of your life, the stuff that makes you uncomfortable, the stuff that makes you nervous? Now, John, are you nervous? Well, let me just tell you, I put shaving cream on my loofah this morning in the shower. No, I did not shave my legs, so you're welcome. Just dumped it down the drain and went, okay, it's going to be one of those days. This does not please me. It's rambling. It's all over the place. But I am communicating what God's trying to say to us. Will you give him the messy stuff? This morning I got up and I, and I feel like there's one other part of the message. And I feel like the Lord said, break the box. Break the box. Like, don't just come out of it. Like, tear it up. I'm like, what box? Everybody has a box. And it's pride that keeps us in the box. We have a way of doing things. We have a way. There's a covenant life way. We've got a way of doing things. You want to know? Ask Jeremy and Dusty. Because they're fresh eyes. They came in. They, now they, they've been here a couple months. They can see the covenant life way. They know what we do, how we do it. They, they, they can see the groove. We're kind of blind to it because it's just part of who we are. They can see it. There's a thing. We have a thing. Everybody has a thing. The, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think the point is, are you willing to come out of the box when God says, it's time to come out of the box? If God lifts the lid, will you get out of the box? There's a whole lot of folks that it's like trying to baptize a cat, right? I mean, there's like arms and legs and claws and fur and everywhere trying to get them out of their box. Why? It's pride because you don't want to do something you don't want to do. That's rebellion. Well, I shouldn't have to. Why shouldn't you have to? Is it not at the end of the day about the kingdom is it not his kingdom come and his will be done? You got to break the box. We got to get out of the box. What's going to get us to that new season is not what's gotten us to this one. What God's done, he's done. And when it's time to do something new, we got to give him space to do something new. We got to get out of the box. Y'all calm down. Don't shout me down here. That's embarrassing. Stop. We've got we to get out of the box and then break it. Telling the Lord it's a new season. What happened, what happened when Elijah called Elisha? What was he doing? He was plowing. And, and Elijah didn't even tell him this. What did Elisha do? He said, hang on, boss, just a minute. He went and killed his oxen and burned his plow. Why? Because it was a new season. He said, listen, what God's called me to do right now, what God's called me to do next, I don't need what got me to where I am. I need new tools. I need new resources. I need a fresh anointing. I need a new set of skills. I am willing to give up. You got 12, you got 12 yoke of oxen. That's expensive. That's a lot. He said, I'm giving all that up. I'm not coming back to this. I'm doing whatever God says is next. We've got to break the box. Or maybe in Elisha's case, burn it. So you can't come back to it. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself not to come back to the box. 
It'll still feel comfortable when you get back in it, but it'll smother you to death. If God's called you to something new, then getting back under that lid is going to suffocate you. You have got to push out and do whatever's next. I'm not saying you go and, and just throw out everything. I'm saying follow what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And if he asks you to give up your comfort zone, you give it up. If he asks you to give up your box, you give it up. Because what we have to believe, we have to believe that whatever's next is not just good for him, it's good for us. And it doesn't mean that he's going to make all your dreams come true because that's nowhere in the Bible. What is in the Bible is if your dreams, if he doesn't make your dreams come true, you had the wrong dreams. He said you delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's not a wish list and he ain't a genie in a bottle. He has a kingdom. He is a king. He thinks that when he speaks, we should do what he says. And to the best of my recollection of everything that I've read in the Bible, from the, I guess now dozens of times that I've read it, that's exactly right. He's the king. And in his kingdom, he says, humility goes. And what humility means is that whatever the king says, that's what we do. Whether it makes us uncomfortable or not. Whether we wind up uh, successful or not. Whether it makes us happy or not. You willing to let God use the messy stuff? You willing to let him wreck your well-ordered, comfortable life? You say, well, John, I don't know about all that. Humility demands total, unconditional surrender. That's what this kingdom's about. Isn't that what he said? It's humility. You do what he says. It's not popular. It's not fun. That's not the question to ask. The question that I have to ask myself when I look in the mirror, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, is not did I make you happy. It's did I tell you the truth. And is this not the truth? Didn't he say you have to die? Isn't that what he said? You going to follow me? Didn't Jesus say, you better sit down and count the cost because this is expensive? He said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. You're going to have to repent. You're going to have to take up your cross. Follow me. You're going to have to die daily, is what he said. Die to what? Pride. Die to pride. Die to anything that's telling you to do something contrary to what he's telling you to do. Even if that's you. I think I'm done. Here's the, here's the conclusion of the matter, y'all. It's not going to, what I say is never going to matter unless you can see it in my life. And so I am, I am as committed as I can possibly be 
to not only preaching the truth, but living it to the best of my ability. And I will fail, and I will make mistakes, and I will think I'm hearing something from the Lord, and it ain't Him. And I wish I could do something about that now, but I don't know how to do that. I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just a man. But to the best of my ability, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to say in whatever way He said to say it. And I'm going to do my best to live it out in front of you so that you know you're not alone in the fight. Because we're all, we, we are all on a journey. And as a church, we're all on a journey together. And I need you you need to see me living it, and I need to see you behind me. And it's not really about the vision of a church or any of that stuff. It's, didn't God call us together? Yes. Well, then I think that's because he's got something for us to do together. So let's figure it out together. Okay? Why don't you all stand with me? We're going we're gonna to pray because prayer is one of those, we're, we're going to talk about, I guess, if the Lord lets me continue in this series, we're going to talk about pride busters. One of those pride busters is prayer. If you want to pray about what, what the Lord said to you today, this altar is open. I'm going to have them sing and we'll be dismissed together in just a few, in just a few minutes. Um, but if you've got something else in your life that you need to pray about, this altar is open for any reason, at any time, you can come and pray. And if the Lord is tugging at your heart and, and, and drawing you up here, that's because he's going to meet you here. Okay? So just come and meet with the Lord and hear what he has to say about whatever you're going through. Father, I thank you for, um, for the grace that you've placed in this church to allow me to do what it is you've called me to do and, and, and do my best to follow you. Lord, I... I pray that you'd help us to seek out and destroy every remnant of pride in our lives. Help us, Lord, to walk in true humility. To do what you say, when you say it, how you say it. Help us to trust you. To step out in faith when you call us. And whether we are successful by the world standards or complete and utter failure, the success is in the faithfulness. The success is in the obedience. The fruit belongs to you. And I pray, God, that you help us to be faithful to your call. God, I pray that we get to this new season. I pray, God, not, not for our glory, not for any pride of our own, but Lord, every bit of the glory belongs to you. Whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to do through us in this new season, we want you to get all the glory and all the praise and all the honor in the name of Jesus.
We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.